1: Welcome to Don't Retire, Graduate, the podcast that teaches you how to advance into retirement rather than retreating. I'm your host and valedictorian, Eric Brotman, and today we have a guest who is going to shock and motivate our audience. Michael Sherlock is a keynote speaker, trainer, author, podcast host, and works in the areas of leadership, sales, and customer experience. She has 25 years of experience delivering motivational speeches and training sessions to audiences around the world. She has a corporate background in leading rapid turnarounds and transforming organizations and a record of success and expertise at the highest levels of global business. And she runs a show called Shock Your Potential, and today she's going to shock our retirement planning. Michael, welcome to the show.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much, my friend. It is great to be here
1: well it's and it's nice to talk to you again i I had the the distinct pleasure of guesting on your show and had such a a wonderful time chatting with you and and there was so much to talk about that we get to start all over and do it for uh, for our audience today so let's start with your your background how did you get into doing what you're doing in terms of of getting people excited and motivated and where'd you come up with the shock your potential theme
0: Oh, boy, you know, as you were reading my bio, and I was hearing, you know, this, oh, more than 25 years of experience with (laughs) leading teams and speaking worldwide. And I'm like, goodness, where has 25 plus years ago? And actually, I think it's a little bit more than that. But uh, I, you know, the, the joy of where I am right now, especially as I'm getting closer to that age, where as you and I have discussed, you know, that, magical, mythical retirement. You know, it seemed so far away once upon a time. But all my career, I've been focused on truly getting people to understand the potential they have within them. So I've led large sales organizations, I have run nonprofits, I've been a serial entrepreneur, I've kind of done everything in between. But at the heart of everything that I do is the sense of We all have that much more within us that we really want to unleash, whether it's our sales potential, our leadership potential, our our business opportunity or entrepreneurship um, potential. But sometimes we lack that kind of kick in the pants to actually push us all the way to see it to fruition. And so when I made the transition kind of out of corporate America and back into entrepreneurship, you know i was working with a person that was you know going to design my website and coming up with the logo and they're saying well what makes you different and i'm like well look at me i mean i've got colorful hair i'm a little a little out of the norm i'm a woman named michael i've you know i'm very shocking to people but once they get to know me they realize that my whole goal is to help them unlock what they can do their potential and they came up with shock your potential and i went wow that's been within me all these years i never even knew it but it's really about recognizing no matter where we are in the journey that we have some control if we choose to unleash it on the world
1: yeah, I, I love all of that and uh, i'm ready to have you unleash all kinds of wisdom on us um <laughs> I, I i also have nearly 30 years uh in in the financial advising and wealth management space and i don't know where the time's gone either um, it is it is amazing. Even I hear my own bio, and I have the same feeling you do. It's like, oh my goodness, uh, you know, <laughs> am I on the back nine of my career? And I'd like to think I'm sort of right at the turn. But um, mm. just for our audience to understand, and when you say that you're going to give someone a kick in the pants, you're, you're not speaking literally, correct?
0: I don't know. Sometimes I may, but that's <laughs> frowned <for> upon <laughs> from the HR <laughs> standpoint. So yeah, well. <laughs>
1: There, there are there are rules
0: against that.
1: So so when we talk to folks about we talk to folks about their retirement and we talk about what retirement is and what it isn't and what it could be, and I think potential is the perfect um, the perfect way to look at this because this idea that you're going to work your whole life and then someday mm. just be done and quit and no longer be doing the things you're doing. To me, is a dreadful way to spend what could be a third of your mm. life or half of your adult life. Quite frankly, yeah. So, how would you say we can untap potential in the latter half or the latter stages of our lives um, without having to feel like it's a corporate grind? I mean, you know, right. People don't necessarily want to punch a clock for the rest of their lives or, or die at their desks, but to maintain yeah. maintain some. Um, not just relevance, but to maintain some enthusiasm and some purpose and, and to continue to make a difference, how can people untap that at that stage in their lives and what are the best practices around it?
0: Oh, you know, so many great questions in there. Because, and I just want to take a step back for a second. I remember being in my 20s. And the first, you know, quote, unquote, job that I had, and meaning the one where, you know, the government was truly taking a big chunk of my paycheck away. uh, And I remember the first opportunity to participate in a 401k program. And I remember thinking, I am in my early 20s, why in the world do I want to give up more of my paycheck for something that is so far in the future, I can't even see it. But you know, being a good girl, and my, you know, parents taught me to do that, I started, you know, putting a little bit away for it, but you know, never matched it or never, you know, never went to the full extent of what I could to get the full match. Um, And then as I as I got a little bit older and a little bit wiser, I started thinking, well, what does that mean in the later stages of my life to have money that I'm putting away now? And I was not great with money. Um, in fact, I tell you what, it's probably really only been the last 15 years of my life where I have really accelerated how I save, and how you know I had been, but I wasn't doing it to the level I needed to be. And part of it's, you know, getting a little bit older and wiser and making more money. But the other part was all of a sudden, I saw a direct link between the life I wanted to lead in the long term, and what I needed to do to prepare for that now. And the, the interesting thing is, Eric, is, you know, there's a stat out that says, now, I don't know how the pandemics uh, uh, changed this number, but this is something we were talking about a year ago, that by 2030, more than 50% of Americans will be self-employed. And I think that's a staggering number. And at the same time, it is so open to possibility. And I think that number might even be higher now after a year of pandemic where we see how people can work remotely and people can be their own boss and they can work virtually. Um, And so as you look into that next stage of life saying, okay, I don't wanna die at this desk, What do I have that's valuable to this world? And how can I monetize it today? Even if it's as simple as, you know, maybe doing one paid speaking presentation a month somewhere because somebody wants to pay you for your experience. doesn't mean you have to jump into the world of being a full-time speaker. But, you know, what would that extra... Two or three thousand dollars a month from a speaking opportunity do for your long-term, you know, objectives. And then, what could you take of that that maybe could still play on after you've gotten that quote-unquote gold watch, you know, that says thanks for being here for thirty years, which nobody gets anymore. Uh, nobody works, hardly anybody works any place for thirty years anymore. But. Those are the questions of potential that I like to spark in people. And that's, you know, what do you have within you that is dying to get out that not only will feed your soul, but will feed your bank account? And either as a supplement or a full time opportunity, there are things within each one of us that if we really truly put our focus on and capitalize on it, that they can be great transitions, not just retirement financially but to still feel like we are contributing on a higher level and that our experience and knowledge really has long-lasting effect on others.
1: You're, you're preaching to the choir here. I think our audience has, <laughs> has come to appreciate this idea that we don't wanna become irrelevant and disappear. We do wanna make mm-hmm. sure that we, we carry on into some um, Im, Im, not only impactful but uh, enjoyable future that is not daytime TV and, and shuffleboard um so -hmm. let's talk about some of those things what are what are the best ways that you think people can prepare for that in advance in other words for someone and i'm not talking millennials here who already have mastered the side hustle and the z's who won't know any (laughs) different because they'll all have three jobs um just to pay the bills i Mm -hmm. think but let's talk about the gen xers You know, because those are those are my people. Uh, And let's talk about the, the, the boomers, you know, and how can folks begin to prepare and begin to identify what that might look like in the next chapter? What what are the what are the best ways to do that?
0: Well, I think the best way to look at it is what I call my shock principle or my shock strategy. And this is actually, you know, shock for shock your potential. It'll also be the subject matter in my third business book that will come out sometime in 2021. <laughs> we just haven't finished it yet. Um, but what I've done is I've taken the letters and the word shock, and I use them in a way to help you focus on what you can achieve and in then how you achieve it. So let's just use my example. Let's say um, that you, have been in a sales leadership position for your entire career. And you know that you are great at motivating new sales teams. And you think, okay, I want to actually maybe do this. Maybe I want to do some training on the side. Maybe I want to, you know, do some speaking. I want to figure out how to leverage my connections. So, Obviously, you have to figure out, is there an audience for what you want to do? But let, you know, in that case, yes, there's a lot of audiences. So how do you do it? So my first question then for the S is, how do you stand out? In other words, do you stand out? And if so, how do you stand out against your competition? Because your competition is going to be me, it's going to be, you know, large global training organizations, it's going to be, you know, the 10,000 other speakers, uh, you know, in the National Speakers Association. So, how do you stand out and how do you want to stand out? And part of that process for me is helping people craft where you're going to live and where you're going to garner your audience. Um, for me, when I first started this uh, this business this time around, I had about, I don't know, 300 connections on LinkedIn. Today, I have almost 18,000. And the reason I did it is that I that I have those is that I was very specific about knowing who I wanted to reach. I wanted to reach those mid-career, mid-level salespeople and sales managers who wanted to exceed in their career. And I wanted to give them tools and resources that would make them want to buy my books, be a part of some of my programs, and hopefully um, get me to come in and speak and train within their organizations. So I sought out to make connections very deliberately, but I didn't just leave it at that. Then I started making sure that my content, how I presented on LinkedIn, told a story about me, and that's what I mean by stand out. So I'm known now for a couple things on LinkedIn, and that's my primary source of where I'm visible is that you know that I write my blog called Thoughts from the Coffee Table, which is done in a specific way to teach certain um elements that I'm trying to teach, but in a really unique and quirky way. Uh, That's where I launched my podcast. And we, you know, we put out five day a week uh, podcasts there. Um, That's where I'm commenting on other people's stories and their posts on LinkedIn. So the way I stand out is I have made myself over the last six years a thought leader on LinkedIn for sales and leadership expertise. So how you go about that doesn't have to follow my formula. But I wanted to make sure that people saw me as a thought leader in that space on LinkedIn on that platform. And so I was very deliberate about it. And so I'll go through the rest of them a little bit more quickly, but you know, the H is for hone your skills. So if you haven't been a speaker or a trainer, you're going to need to know some things, not just about speaking and training, because you may have great expertise in that, but how do I get in front of some of these people? How do I make these connections? So you're going to have skills that you need to hone or that someone you need to hire to fill those deficiencies, someone to promote you or a speakers bureau or, or, um, you know, pay to be part of a, a coaching program that'll get you there. But the O is also operate as if you're already there. Think about if I'm already up there and I'm on stages speaking and training, what does that look like for me? What do I, what am I wearing? What am I talking about? How do I start to live today? If you want to be Oprah, what, you know, what are some of the things that Oprah's doing or did 20, 30 years ago in her career that got her where she is today? But the last two I think are really critical. C is cultivate. And I mean cultivate the people and opportunities that are going to get you there. And one of the things that I found with my podcast in the last year especially, because I took an entire year off the Shock Your Potential podcast to revamp it, rethink it, and say, am I getting the right people? Am I getting the right audience? Am I having the right message? And So when I started getting people like you, Eric, on my podcast, everything elevated. Now I had people with incredible expertise, many of them achieving far more than I have. And instead of, I did have a little time where I was like, gosh, these people are so much more successful than I am. And then I went, I am like the early Oprah. I can interview everybody and learn from them and make great connections and great networks and great opportunities for joint ventures. So that's about cultivating. But the final thing is, in order to really find that next step step for you, It's to know your worth and know your value. So that's the K. It's about knowing that you have something to offer and figure out how to monetize it. And once you do, whether it's a little bit or a lot, or frankly, maybe you don't even want to monetize it. Maybe you want to go volunteer for score, you know, and work to help small businesses at the Small Business Administration. But whatever will take you to that next level and make you feel like you found that gratification that will make you feel like you are still productive and you're active and needed in this world. Knowing your worth and knowing your value is absolutely critical. But for those of us who may have had some road, you know, blocks along the way, or maybe somebody's been downsized, or maybe they've lost their job, especially in the pandemic, that part of their value system may be really bruised. And watching it and caring for it is absolutely critical. Because if you can't get past that, it's really hard to step into your full potential.
1: So many people share the experience that you just shared with us that you you walk around feeling like everyone's more successful than you are in some way Mm -hmm. you go to a conference and you're like oh my gosh there's 3,000 people here and they're all brilliant um and then you realize you're one of them and they're feeling the same thing you are and it it does make you feel better I spent my the, the first couple of weeks of my freshman year of college that way I was walking around oh. campus going, oh my gosh, th- these are the smartest people I've ever met and uh, what am I doing here? And it took me a while to realize- You only well, spent the uh, first
0: couple weeks?
1: Well, at least <laughs> spent a couple. I am my entire might...
0: college doing that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I think I, I finally uh, understood <laughs> and realized I was in fact already there. I was there for a reason, but it, it took a while to get there and to feel comfortable yeah. in, my own, in my own shoes, in my own skin, j- just realizing that, um, I, I did belong there. I, I was yeah. one of the people who, and and the other folks were feeling it too. And you yeah. know, one of the things the pandemic has done is it has largely eliminated um, large gatherings, and uh, and virtual yeah. gatherings are not the same. I, no, virtual mm-hmm. conferences are not the same. Virtual. It, it's great to to do a one on one conversation, and yeah. Zoom meetings are fine for that, but you can't learn from the room of people if you can't actually work the room of people so I love your shock strategy Um, standing out was one of the things Mm -hmm. that when I created don't retire graduate I I wanted something different and it's incredibly Mm -hmm. difficult you talked about being one of 10,000 speakers you know there I think there are 28,000 CFP practitioners (laughs) in the United States um, which actually, mm-hmm. strangely, is a shortage. Uh, there's not enough financial advisors, oh. which is also hard to believe. It's, it's, a, it's a career that young people should really look at because there's an incredible need and they're, it, it's underserved in lots of ways and in lots of communities. But you look at this crowded space and you think, well, personal finance books, how many of them are there on Amazon? It's yeah. like half of the, you know half the books on Amazon are personal finance and the other half are like self-help. You know, (laughs) and so you're you're in this incredible, incredible space, and you say, "How do I stand out?" So, I think that's a great first first piece of this strategy. And I decided to do something with the the graduation theme, and had planned when the book was published to do a speaking tour, and to do Mm -hmm. the speaking in a cap and gown, and to come out and actually do. To do the talk as if I was th- as if I was the oh. valedictorian and I was speaking to the graduating the class, and I thought, speech. right. Oh. So my talk was going to be a commencement speech about the, the next chapter of life and, and where to go from here. And I was channeling, I was channeling all of those incredible commencement speeches that thankfully are now shared across the internet every every time. Um, er, at every right. college and university, there are unbelievable speakers and they all post them because people want to see. And so there's so many great commencement speeches. And, you know, of course, I also channel my inner Rodney Dangerfield and think of his commencement speech from, <laughs> from back to school, which I'll never forget either. Somewhere in between where you, you you have something profound, but also something funny. And so that's how I wanted yeah. to stand out. I wanted to stand out with this this different theme and... So far that's working, I just can't do the the talks yet, but I did buy the cap and gown yeah. and I did do some photo shoots and they're <laughs> ridiculous. And including some with, <laughs> with really silly poses, but I love your strategy. Honing your skills is is, is very important because understanding what you're worth, also mm-hmm. I believe is very interrelated to what your skills are and to feeling very confident in what you're saying and what you're doing and what you're coaching or teaching or mentoring, right? I, it, that. I would think they yeah. go they go together beautifully.
0: Yeah, they really do. And, you know, it's interesting. I'm just going to take one quick step back because I think the imposter syndrome is something we all know, we all talk about, but we don't really fix yet. And strangely enough, I actually, um, later this year, I am on a quest to interview 100 people that will tell me their story without, you know, I'll know who they are, but I'm, I'm not going to tell their names or anything. It'll all be audio, nothing video. Um, and it, I, I, it'll be the called the imposter syndrome podcast. And it's just going to be a really, um, you know, kind of a, you know, like almost like the midsummer reruns kind of thing. So it's going to be something that we do just as a really unique extra additional, um, element to our business. But I think that it's something, the more that I deal with people, the more that I realize that this is so ingrained in us but we don't know how to move past it. And there's a lot of books on it as well, but I don't think I don't think that people who suffer from imposter syndrome will go get the book because they don't want that sitting on their desk or their bookshelf when somebody comes to their house. And they don't want that one being on the, you know, seen in their Zoom background. But, you know, you talk about going the first couple of weeks of college. My first 2 years of college, I was one of 24 people. That was invited in you had to apply you had to have all these recommendations it was a two-year integrated studies program at my liberal arts college only 24 people accepted every year and i sat in that class for two years and said i am the stupidest person in this room why am i here and frankly i was the stupidest person (laughs) i mean i have the lowest gpa i have the lowest iq i'm sure but i was still one of 24 chosen and it took me all these years to go Good God, Sherlock! You were chosen. You know they didn't just say, "Hey, we're going to let you in just because you're nice." You know, I mean, there there was value that I brought, but I didn't see it for so long.
1: How do we get past this? What is the? It's I think easy to diagnose and difficult to treat, right? So how how do how do yeah. you mm-hmm. what are, what are the steps? What can people do to to get that self doubt out of their way? so they can move on to bigger and better and more amazing things in any direction they choose.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess it's, it's kind of, you know, a little bit about, you know, my, my homework assignment. So if, if you don't mind, I might go into it just a little bit early. Um, and I don't know how you lead into it, but well, you know, well, first of all, I you are not
1: allowed, you're not allowed to do homework on this show. <laughs> we only do extra credit. No one likes oh, homework. Extra credit. <laughs> yes. No That's one likes true. homework. So we can, we can do extra credit and you're welcome to do it now, but you may not assign <laughs> homework. No one's going to do it. The dog ate it and no way.
0: Okay, good point. Good point. Well, because this one, this assignment is not for the faint of heart. And, but I really believe that this is be this is now the turning point for me. And I'm not saying I have turned all the way because I still suffer from it every day, just like anybody else. But I have found that what I call the accountability partner, and this is actually, when I go through the shock your potential process, it's actually the last step. There's actually a few extra elements to that just besides the letters in the word shock, but finding an accountability partner or your truth speaker. So this means and it's very rarely should be your spouse. (laughs) In my case, I am actually learning how to do it better with my spouse. um, Because there's always been a challenge between the fine line of how we have our marriage and how we discuss my businesses. Um, But now I'm getting much better with that. But I have uh, three truth speakers in my life. And they are also I consider them accountability partners. These are the people that I go to when I need to verbalize right now I feel like I'm an imposter. Right now, I feel like I am failing. Right now, I need to discuss how I screwed this up. Right now, I need to discuss how I am stuck. And these three people in my life, and the reason I have three is I'm very, very fortunate, but I also don't want to overburden any of them, you know. Um, But I can go with them and I can show them my most vulnerable. And they are my biggest cheerleader's in the front side and they are the most honest with me on the back side. So they, they love the part of Michael Sherlock. That's always, that always looks like she's got all her, you know, what together, but they are the ones that say, okay, tell me what happened. And I can say, here's what happened. Here's how I'm feeling. This is how I thought about it. This is how it screwed up. This is where I think I'm failing. I think I'm a loser, whatever. And I can use every word that I'm really feeling and they don't say you're wrong. Sometimes they say, you're right. You know what? That was stupid. <laughs> Why did you do that? But other times they're saying, okay, let's talk through it. Is that really how you're feeling? Is that really the challenge? Is there something else? They help me break it apart. They help me unpack my issues. And I, ref- I reflect on this in my leadership and sales training, where I say, if you've ever sat on a suitcase, and um, because it's so full, you have to sit on it to zip it up. And you can't zip it up without... Unzipping it; otherwise, the zipper is going to break. Right? You're going to have it on the airplane, and it's going to pop open underneath the airplane. You're going to lose all your stuff, and your underwear is going to be all over the plane. Everyone in Delta is going to know what you carry in your, you know, in your, uh, your, um, with your toothbrush and all that. So, when you have that suitcase that's so overpacked, that's kind of like when we reach those points of our imposter syndrome. Is that usually inside we are we're shoving it down, shoving it down, shoving it down, but all it's doing is filling the suitcase tighter. And until we can release the tension on that zipper and then release it some more and then open it up, then we can see all the things that are packed in there and we take them all out. And in that process, we repack. So sometimes you may leave stuff out like, okay, that was a limiting belief. I need to leave that, let that go. That stays here. That's not a part of where I'm going. Or, hey, I really need to deal with this one issue because it's a recurring issue that's getting in my way. So we either repack things nicely and it goes back together and zips up comfortably. We leave stuff out. We pack two suitcases because you know we're, we're moving to the next level. We've got more fullness in us. But those accountability partners, when you find them, and you may have to go search them out. You have to also say, you are my accountability partner. I, I need you to continue to be honest with me when I need the honesty. Sometimes I'll tell you when I just need to be heard and loved and hugged, but um, even virtually or just emotionally across the phone. But I also need you to help me hold up the mirror in front of me when I know that I see, I see something that has to change, and I'm afraid to do it. And those people, I think, are the the key factors of how we actually change the feelings of being an imposter. And we use those feelings instead to really reflect on how we can change positively and proactively.
1: I think the concept of an accountability partner, or more than one, uh, is an amazing extra credit assignment. Um, I have, in my life, I've had many accountability partners, and and am a, a firm believer of that. I also, for one reason or another, Michael, get asked to be people's accountability partners because mm-hmm. I really don't sugarcoat anything, and, and, you know, I'm not asked to serve yep. on a committee to be a wallflower and to nod and smile. I'm asked because people want, <laughs> uh, the, pe- people want that uh, energy and enthusiasm, uh, but they also want direction, and they need to hear when things are um uh, maybe are are awry and need to be better Um, so so i think that's an amazing extra credit assignment and just looking at uh from a financial standpoint as we start talking about financial independence I think that accountability partner a lot of times is folks who who do what what we do here because absolutely um, you know if, if you're accountable to someone for you know making sure that you've saved X dollars or that you've paid down some debt or that you've curbed some spending issues or that you've had a, a, a conversation or even that you've gotten certain things done you know you've yes, yes I went and got my will done and yes I I hired a CPA and yes I changed some limits on my insurance policies or whatever it is. Having mm-hmm. someone to report to um, financially is valuable, just like having a, a trainer at the gym or, you know, I have a, um, I have a yogi who I swear by. She's amazing. Oh, and I do yoga nice. twice a week, which helps me unpack my suitcase quite candidly. And yep. Yep. A, and she is an accountability partner for me. And I I'm able to be my authentic self. I am very I have to get very comfortable in my skin because these are one on one yoga sessions yep. that are. That are on uh, on Zoom at this point, and so you know I'm front and center on a camera doing some stuff that I didn't even know I was capable of physically, and I often apologize uh, for for the, the horrible angles that she needs to see me, and not that I meant to give you a visual, but 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 that's a great accountability partner, and I love your assignment. Yes. So, where can folks? where can folks find you, your show? When's your book coming out? I know that's two questions at once, but uh, give us all the particulars because <laughs> I, I know I'm going to stay in touch with you, but I think other people need to need to seek you out.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Um, well, obviously our, our headquarters are shockyourpotential.com. So that's that's the easiest place to find the podcast, find about us. But I'd actually really encourage people to download our Shock Your Potential app. This is something that's been really fun. I know you know a little bit about it because we are you're part of our virtual bookstore. But we, are, um, we launched it last fall and we have been listening to everybody who used it in kind of the beta test. And we are um, actually officially launching it on a huge stage here within the the next couple weeks, like a massive stage. And we have so many great um, resources. We have a lot of things that are free, just part of the free download, and some that are part of a $6 a month membership. But a lot, a number of things that we're working on, including some really special programs are going to come through just only on the Shock Your Potential app. So that's where I want to, you know, get people to see all the different ways that we can be a partner to them in their uh, journey, and help them to truly shock their potential.
1: Well, you are as advertised, Michael, and I knew you would be. You have, uh, <laughs> y- you, uh, your shock strategy is awesome. How do you stand out, hone your skills, operate as if you're already there, cultivate the people and opportunities and know your worth and value. Um, and this has been invaluable. And I thank you for sharing your wisdom and your advice. And I hope people will check you out at shockyourpotential.com.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having me, Eric. It's been an absolute pleasure.
1: To all our listeners, Thank you for listening to Don't Retire, Graduate. Please help us grow our show by subscribing to the podcast and posting comments and reviews on Apple Podcasts or other download sites. Did you know that Don't Retire, Graduate is a book available in print, Kindle, and audio formats? And we now have a workbook with all the steps you need to build your own financial freedom plan. For more information, go to brotmanmedia.com or buy your copy and leave us a review on Amazon. We'll be back next week with another installment of Office Hours and in two weeks with another engaging guest. For now, this is your host, Eric Bratman reminding you, don't retire, graduate. From this day forward, let us begin visualizing our dreams and building our futures. Today, I implore you, don't retire, graduate. Visit our website at don'tretiregraduate.com to subscribe. And please like us and post comments on social media. Securities offered through Kestra Investment Services LLC, Kestra IS, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Kestra Advisory Services LLC, Kestra AS, an affiliate of Kestra IS. Kestra IS or Kestra AS are not affiliated with Brotman Financial or any other entity discussed.